Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Holy Man, a journey of becoming godly men. No matter if we are sons or husbands, dads, grandfathers, or just any regular guy out there, we are going to try to figure out how God would want us to live on this journey called life. None of us have it all figured out. So let's dig into God's Word and wrestle with God's Word as we try to become who God created us to be, specifically, holy men. Hey there, guys. It's good to be with you today. Uh, it's nice to be inside and warm because I'm recording this on the morning of our Easter week blizzard. What in the world? This is two years in a row that we have gotten Christmas weather on the week of Easter. Isn't it amazing? You know, my aunt called me or texted me this morning. Uh, she's back in Pennsylvania. And she says, we have 70 degrees here because <laughs> she saw what we were getting out here. Oh, this world is a crazy world. How each little area of our country and our world just gets something different. It, it, it's Wyoming weather, right, guys? Yeah. Well, as we continue on our journey uh, towards it, we're almost done here. Just a couple more weeks left. But as we continue to look at some of the great men of the Old Testament and how they can speak into our lives as we continue on our journey of trying to become more and more holy, only by the grace of God, only by the power of the Holy Spirit as we surrender to him. But as we do that, as we look at a new, another guy today, a really cool dude, I really like him. Um, <clears throat> short, short story, but it's a powerful story. Uh, here's a question that, that this guy would have us consider. How important is the Bible to you? Think about it. It's a good question, isn't it? How important is it? You know, you think about it in comparison to other things in your life. Uh, you think about what it is, you know, the word from the almighty creator God. Well, let me ask it a different way. Is your life different today than it was, let's say, five years ago due to what is found in the Bible? You know, it doesn't matter whether you personally read it or maybe it was read to you through a Bible app or maybe you heard it in a sermon. Has God's word changed you? And if not, how important is what is in there? You think about some of the things that are important to us in life. Some of you are huge Avengers fan. You know, the movies out there, the Marvel's Avengers movies. You know, if they come out with a new movie, how do you act? You know, do you get all ramped up about it? Do you have to see it? Uh, you know, how important is it? If you're a video game player, when they come out with a new version of your favorite game, how does it affect you? your excitement level, your energy, how you treat others because of that game. If you're an outdoorsman or a hunter, you love to hunt, when the fall comes around, how does that affect your schedule and how you interact with your family? You know, here's the deal. If something is important to you, 
if something has tremendous value to you, it affects how you live. Today, we're going to look into one of the kings of Israel that is considered to be one of the good kings. You know, there were a lot of bad kings that just constantly that would kept saying over and over again, they walked away from the God. They didn't do uh, what God would want them to do, like Ahab that we looked at uh, during the Elijah uh, stories. You know, there, there are a lot of bad ones. Well, the, the one we're looking at today, this is a good king. Yeah, David was not the only good king. Uh, this guy's name is Josiah. And what we'll learn from Josiah is how we should respond when we have a chance to hear from God. And once we do hear from God, he will also show us how to react and respond to the word that we hear. You know, Josiah, uh, he was a great king and he had an opportunity when he, when he did have the opportunity to hear the word, man, he was all over because he recognized (coughs) this is God's word. And that ramped him up, that got him excited and because it was God's word. Think about that, guys. Again, the Bible, it's not just a book. It's God's story that he shares with us. All right, let's get into, uh, we're in 2 Kings. If you're wanting to read along with me, we're in 2 Kings chapter 22 as we look into Josiah. You can also find his story in the book of Chronicles. Uh, but we're going to be looking at the version in Second Kings. Chapter 22 starts off this way. It says, Josiah was eight years old when he became king. And that's because his dad was one of those bad kings and his, his dad was assassinated because of being a bad king. His grandfather <clears throat> was even worse. His grandfather's name was Manasseh, and he is looked at as being one of the most evil kings. Lots of children uh, sacrifice. They would kill their children in worship. Uh, yeah, it was just, they were bad. Grandfather and dad were bad kings. So let's see what, what happened with Josiah. It says he was eight years old when he became king because his dad was assassinated. And he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years as a king. So he he was only 39 years old when he died. And that's a sad story later on that he didn't live longer because he was such a good king. Okay, verse two. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight and followed the example of his ancestor, David. He did not turn away from doing what was right. So he was a kid. So, you know, it, it was probably his mom and the other good leaders who walked alongside of him until he was old enough. But he had, in spite of his dad and his grandfather, he had a good upbringing. He came to understand that there's a God and there's a God over Israel and we should be doing good. But how did he know what was good? How did they know what was good? You know, did the scriptures? Well, Only what was generally known based on what comes next in the story. You see, the leaders of the Israelite people hadn't seen the Old Testament law that was given back at Moses' time. They hadn't seen it for a while because of all the bad kings. It was misplaced. It was put away in the temple, ignored, forgotten. But what was lost was about to be found in our story. 
jump into verse three. In the 18th year of his reign, so he was now 26 years old, he's been a good king from God's perspective based on what he knew during that time period. So King Josiah sent Shaphan, there's a bunch of crazy names in here. I don't get them all right, but that's okay. King Josiah sent Shaphan, the court secretary, to the temple of the Lord. He told him, go to Hilkiah, the high priest, and have him count the money the gatekeepers have collected from the people at the Lord's temple. Entrust this money to the men assigned to supervise the restoration of the Lord's temple. So Josiah, probably not on his own, but maybe decided that the place where God was worshiped was important enough for some restoration. He'd already done some other restoring of the kingdom in a good way uh, by getting rid of some of the idol worship out there. He already did some of that, but now he's wanting to restore the temple. So he takes the lead, provided what was necessary for them to engage in the restoration. So what happened during the restoration? Let's see. Verse 8, Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shaphan, the court secretary, I have found the book of law in the Lord's temple. Then Hilkiah gave the scroll to Shaphan, and he read it. So you see what happened during the restoration there. And you know how this happens. When we were doing the all-in campaign here uh, and redoing New Life, we found all kinds of things back in nooks and crannies. That's what happens. Well, that's what happened here. They found the book of law. So verse 9, Shaphan went to the king and reported, your officials have turned over the money collected in the temple of the Lord to the workers and supervisors at the temple. Shaphan also told the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a scroll. So Shaphan read it to the king. So Hilkiah the priest recognized it uh, as God's law, and he gave it to, to the one who could share it with the king. It was important enough to do that. The Hilkiah the priest, he recognized that. This is important stuff. So he shares it with the king. Shaphan also thought it was important enough. Now, how would the king react? You know, when the king hears the word of God being presented to him, what would he do with the word from God? How would he respond? Let's see. Verse 11, when the king heard what was written in the book of the law, he tore his clothes in despair. <laughs> have you ever done that? Have you ever been in despair? Maybe you didn't have to uh, pull your, uh, tear your clothes up, but I mean, that was something they did back then when they were upset about something and they realized something was not good. It was just like an action of despair. Have you ever done that? You know, maybe it was when Mike preached a sermon or you read it in the Bible for yourself and you realized that something in your life was off compared to what God would want for you. Have you ever reacted with despair or brokenness because you realized that you were breaking God's heart with how you were living and you were missing out on a better life that God had available to you? Have you ever heard God's word shared with you, and you're just like, oh my word, I'm broken. I'm in despair because of it. Well, Josiah did. More than likely, he heard a portion of the law, maybe Deuteronomy 28, let's say, that taught the people that if, if you follow God's ways, life will be good. But if you don't, it won't. And he was the leader of the people. Josiah was cut to the heart as he realized that he and the people that he leads were off from where God would have them be. Well, 
how would he respond moving forward? He has choices to make. Maybe he just keeps it quiet. Hide that thing. We don't want the people to know what we should have been doing. They're going to think I'm a bad leader. That's what he, he could have done. Well, let's see what he actually does. Verse 12. He gave these orders to Hilkiah the priest, Ahakim, I think is the name, son of Shaphan, Akbar, son of Micaiah, Shaphan, the court secretary, and Isaiah, the king's personal advisor. This is, these are the orders that he gave. Go to the temple and speak to the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah. Inquire about the words written in this scroll that has been found. For the Lord's great anger is burning against us because our ancestors, meaning his dad and his grandfather and others, have not obeyed the words in this scroll. We have not been doing everything it says we must do. So what's he saying to do? Let's pray about this. Let's seek God's heart. Let's ask God, what should we do? What, you know, that's the first thing that we need to do, Josiah says. We could start trying to live this, but we should really seek God's heart. Maybe God has a better plan for us to be able to respond to his word that we just read. And that's a good place for us to start, isn't it? I mean, why not? Why not when you hear God's word to get onto your knees and say, God, help, help me better discern, help me better understand, Holy Spirit of God, help me better figure out my next step. Well, Josiah does it his way. And we can simply follow him and just by spending more time in prayer. We can do it also by digging into God's word even more. We can take a next step by pulling alongside maybe another believer, maybe one who has been on the journey longer than us and asking them to talk it over with us. When we hear something from God's word, let's talk about it. Maybe in our life groups, when we read something that's just really burning on our hearts, let's talk about it. Prayer, digging into more God's word to discern more, talking with others. There's so many great ways that we can take that next step to figure out what God is sharing with us. But Josiah figures the best thing that we can do is to seek God's heart. But the cool thing is we especially need to see that he doesn't just ignore it. He doesn't put it in the back burner. He doesn't hide it. Josiah is broken and he takes steps towards God. Well, let me summarize what happens next. The, uh, as they check with the prophet Holda, that's who they ended up talking with to find out what God's thoughts were. She basically says to them, yep, you people have been way off from how you, God wanted you to live. You have basically rejected God. So God is going to do all that he said would happen in the law. He's going to bring some serious punishment on you. That's what Holda shares with them, which would eventually, and it would eventually happen. That's when the exile happens later on in the Bible story. That's the punishment. But here's the cool thing with our God of grace. He also says, Josiah, because you have reacted and responded as you did, because you were humbled, because you were broken, because you were in despair because of what you read, God says the punishment won't happen as long as you are alive and the king. You see, God sees Josiah's heart and he just loves him. 
and he shares grace with him and the people that Josiah is leading. That's our God. God is a God of accountability, but he's also a God of grace and love. And when we respond to God, man, he responds accordingly. Now, you're Josiah for a moment. How are you going to respond to this moment now? You hear that there's going to be punishment eventually. It's going to happen. There's nothing that you can do to stop it from happening. But it's not going to happen while you're alive. How would you move forward? You got your grace card. Punishment won't happen while you're the king. But it will happen eventually, as God says. So why should Josiah do anything more with the law? You know, it's the choice we have, too. I mean, we have Jesus. It's Easter week. We have his forgiveness, the gift that, he, that comes from the cross. So why even read the Bible if it might show us that we need to change something in our lives? Why look for things that the Bible might point out that we're not doing correctly? In, you get it? Once we do find out in some way, why change? You know, we have grace. <laughs> I'm being crazy, guys, because, you know, the Apostle Paul wrote about this in Romans 6. By no means, he says. You don't live like that. Instead, we respond to God's grace by loving him back, by believing that his ways are better than our ways. And so I live the way he suggests. And that's what Josiah does. Josiah responds in a way that we need to pay attention to. It is said that he was a great king because of how he approached God and how he responded to God's word. He was not just a hearer of the word, but instead he was a doer of the word, as the book of James talks to us. And he led others with God's word. Even after he heard that God would be bringing punishment on the people of Israel, it didn't matter to him. He still led the people to know God better and to follow God and God's ways more. That was more important than being a successful king. I mean, think about it. He could have been, a, in the world's eyes, an even better successful king. He could have conquered more lands. He could have gotten more money, gotten richer. But that was not as important to him as him getting to know God more and the people getting to know God more and for them to follow him more. This is something we all can do. We can, like Josiah, pick up a Bible with reverence. Think about it, guys. When we grab hold of God's word, it should not be willy-nilly. This is the almighty creator God's word to us. It's his love story to us. There should be a sense of reverence and awe when we pick up his word as we recognize and realize this is the almighty God speaking to me. You know, God wants to share his heart with us, the almighty creator God. How do we react to that? How do we respond? And we can then read the Bible prayerfully, longing for God to affect our lives with his word. And we have the opportunity then to live it, to allow the Holy Spirit to help us make changes in our lives according to what we read. And then we can share what we are reading and learning with those around us. You know, it starts with our family. If you have family at home, whether it's a wife or kids, grandkids, 
We can talk about it in our life groups. We can share it with people at work. Let me come back to that question I asked earlier. As you hear of this man of God, Josiah, and you hear how he reacts and how he responds in regards to the word of God, how important is the Bible to you? It's a good question, isn't it? What has your life shown God about his word? Think about some of the other things in life that potentially are more important to you based on your excitement level, your time expectations to spend on different things, and what that thing does in changing your life in comparison to what you allow the Word of God to do in your life. Guys, Josiah is a great example for us to pay attention to. He was a young dude, but this young guy, when he recognized that God was wanting to share something with us, man, he was on the edge of his seat saying, give me more, God, give me more, change my life, move me to live differently. Hope you have some great conversations in your life group. Uh, you're going to dig into one of our great Psalms that... Uh, <clears throat> talks to us about God's word, and you're going to look a little bit more at Josiah's story just to, so that we can get a better understanding how we can live differently because of our understanding of the Bible being more than just a book. It's God's word, guys. Hopefully it'll affect you today, and hopefully you uh, won't hurt your back too much as you shovel out if you're living here in Wyoming. For you guys that are listening to this back in Pennsylvania, enjoying 70 degree temperatures, yeah, I still love you. <laughs> All right, guys, have a great week, and uh, we'll see you one more time next week. <laughs>